Chapter 16 of St. Bonaventure's Life of Our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ, by St. Bonaventure. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 16 The Fast and Temptations of Christ He Returns to His Mother The Four Means to Attain to a Perfect Purity of Heart The Great Advantages of Prayer the resistance to be made to gluttony why and for whom god works his miracles our divine lord jesus immediately after his baptism retired into the wilderness to a certain mountain now known by the name of quarantine peak and there fasted forty whole days and nights associating according to saint mark with the brutes here then again contemplate your divine master and endeavor to copy from this sublime pattern the many excellent virtues he points out to you in his own practice to be solitary and retired from the eyes of the world is his greatest ambition a rigorous abstinence from food is his daily repast prayer and almost uninterrupted watches are his darling exercise short and interrupted slumbers on the hard cold bare ground are his slender repose and the humble society of brute beasts is all his company though the whole life of christ will appear to have been one continued series of pain and corporal suffering yet here it seems to be attended with the most afflicting circumstances and therefore deserves a particular share of your compassion pity him then and let your pity excite in you a zealous resolution of sharing his hardships by following the example he here sets you four things in this passage are principally to be remarked which are jointly and mutually conducive to the spiritual exercise of every pious soul to wit retirement fasting prayer and mortification of the flesh and it is chiefly by these that we are to hope to obtain that perfect purity of heart which cannot be too much coveted as it includes the possession of every virtue for purity of heart contains charity humility and patience in a word an assemblage of every virtuous quality and an absolute alienation from vice and all its tendencies because the heart that gives admittance to any one vice or even suffers in itself the decay of any one virtue from that moment ceases to be pure hence as we are told in the conferences of the holy fathers of the desert the whole object of spiritual exercise is and should be the acquisition of a perfect purity of heart for it is by this that every man is to render himself worthy of the beatific vision as our lord himself says in the gospel blessed are the clean of heart for they shall see god wherefore saint bernard says that he is the nearest to god whose heart is the most purified the natural consequence of which truth is that to obtain an intimate union with god we must have a perfect purity of heart now to obtain this gentle reader 
fervent and assiduous prayer is of the greatest service as i shall hereafter show you but what can avail the prayer of one given to gluttony drunkenness lasciviousness and sloth nothing no fasting and mortification of the flesh are absolutely requisite although prudence be necessary in the practice of both indiscretion being the bane of every good action neither does retirement seem of less utility for amidst noise and tumult how can prayer be performed with that decency which is proper for it and who is the mortal so free from danger that dares give loose to his senses particularly to seeing and hearing much without offence to his purity or innocence of heart death enters by the windows of our eyes to our souls and therefore gentle reader follow our lord to his retirement that is separate yourself after his example from the commerce of the world and be as retired as your station will permit if you wish to be united to him and to enjoy that beatific vision which is the reward of internal cleanness fly the conversation of all but more especially of worldlings fly the novelty of friendships even devout ones shut your eyes and ears to all vain and transitory objects and fly in particular as the most destructive poison to the soul all that may in the least disturb the peace of your mind and heart it was not without reason that the fathers for their habitations made choice of deserts and places remote from all correspondence with mankind and recommended to all their pupils to be blind deaf and dumb to the conversation of the world for as st bernard says to this purpose if you are desirous of becoming sensible of the sweet emotions of the holy ghost if you have an effectual eagerness to have your soul wedded to god according to the prophet sit down solitary and you have raised yourself above yourself by the bare desire of espousing the lord of angels in reality is it not above your native meanness to adhere to god and to become one spirit with him sit down therefore and be solitary as the dove avoid the crowds and have no dealings you can avoid with the rest of mankind forget even your country and the house of your father and the king shall be desirous of your beauty endeavor then o pious soul to be alone that you may keep yourself wholly to him whom you have wholly chosen to yourself retire from the public retire from your own family retire from your most intimate friends and even from your necessary attendants for know that such is the reservedness of your divine spouse that he will never indulge you with his company in the presence of others withdraw then but not so much bodily as mentally withdraw but let it be in intention in spirit and with devotion for christ your lord who is present with you is so in spirit and the retirement he expects from you 
is not so much that of the body as that of the spirit though indeed it will not be useless for you to retire personally sometimes if convenience will permit especially at the time of prayer as we shall hereafter observe you may be truly said to be retired and alone if your thoughts are not employed on trivial things if you are not affected by what passes in company if you contemn what the world prizes if you are fatigued with what your worldly companions hanker after if you are insensible to ill usage and unmindful of injuries otherwise you cannot be truly deemed solitary however personally alone you may chance to be you see then that it is not impossible to be retired amidst a crowd or to be amidst a tumult though alone in a desert thus then however great be the number of people you converse with you may still be alone if you will but refrain from curious searching into their conversation or rashly setting up for a judge of it thus far saint bernard hence it appears how necessary solitude is and how fruitless is that of the body if unaccompanied with that of the mind however i must still observe that corporal retirement is of the greatest service that the mind may not lose its recollection by exterior objects endeavor therefore with all due affection and discretion to imitate as much as possible your divine lord and spouse in the great and useful virtues of solitude prayer fasting and corporal mortification learn likewise from his associating with dumb creatures to behave yourself humbly towards all and to bear with meekness even such as appear to you guilty of misdeeds to this end pay often a mental visit to our lord in his retirement and observe his manner of conversing there every faithful christian ought to repeat this visit at least once a day from twelfth day to the end of his forty days retreat when as the scripture takes notice he began to be hungry it was this opportunity satan laid hold of to approach him and to try to find out if he was the son of god by tempting him to gluttony if says he thou art the son of god bid these stones be made bread but this artifice could not surprise the master of all wisdom who so rejected it as neither to be affected by the temptation of hunger nor leave the tempter room to discover what he wished to know rebuking him with holy scripture without asserting or denying himself to be the son of god here let the example of christ teach you the duty of resisting the passion of gluttony which is the first victory we ought to begin with if we mean to gain a complete triumph over sin the man who is overcome by gluttony is too weak to cope with any other vice for as the commentator upon this passage in st matthew says he labors in vain to gain a proper dominion over his vicious appetites who remains a slave to his own belly the devil not discouraged by this defeat 
took our Saviour up to Jerusalem, our Divine Lord suffering himself to be carried about by the cruel serpent, who thirsted after his precious blood as well as after that of his elect, and patiently enduring such rough treatment to set us an example of meekness. Attend, therefore, seriously to the lesson here set you, and profit by it. When Satan had brought our Saviour to Jerusalem, he carried him to the pinnacle of the temple, there to tempt him to vanity, desirous as before of discovering whether he was the Son of God or not. But here again our Saviour frustrated his intentions, contenting himself with confounding the serpent by authority of Scripture, so that, according to St. Bernard, our Saviour's not manifesting his divinity on these two occasions was a sufficient argument with the infernal enemy to conclude that he was mere man, and therefore it was that he ventured a third time to try to shake that steadiness which appeared to him to be purely human. Accordingly, the fiend took him to a high mountain at a little distance from the above-named peak, where, showing him the riches of the world, he endeavoured to seduce him to avarice. But to his utter confusion, the destroyer was again disappointed and put to flight. See, then, and remember what trials and temptations your divine Lord submitted to, and cease to wonder that you should be tempted also. Yet think not, pious reader, that these were the only trials he endured. They who reckon but three temptations in the life of Christ must surely be ignorant of Scripture, which tells us that the whole life of man upon earth is one continued temptation, Job chapter 7, and that he endured in the most rigorous manner. For, as St. Paul says, he was tempted in all by similitude to us, though his temptations were but external and without sin. When he had gained the victory, the angels came and ministered to him. Here, be attentive, and devoutly behold our Lord eating, surrounded by the angels who attend him, and endeavor to be present to everything that is here mentioned, the subject being very beautiful and equally devout. Here it may be asked what the angels ministered to our Lord to eat after so long and so rigorous a fast. This the scripture makes no mention of, and therefore we may suppose this victorious banquet to have consisted of anything of which our devotion shall inspire us with an idea. If indeed we consider the greatness of his power, the question is solved, because at pleasure he could have commanded what he pleased out of all that was created, or might have created afresh whatever he desired. But though he made use of his power in behalf of the multitudes, whom he fed twice with a small number of loaves and fishes, yet we nowhere find that he ever exerted it for his own or for his disciples' use. On the contrary, we read that in his presence the disciples were reduced to pluck ears of corn to relieve their hunger. So, likewise, when fatigued with his journey, he sat at the well talking with the Samaritan, it is not said that he created food, 
but that he sent his disciples to fetch some from the neighboring city so that it is not likely that christ was fed in the desert by any miracle for his miracles were all wrought in public and in the presence of many yet there were none here present with him but angels what then can we here find to meditate on there were no dwellings here nor victuals to be found ready prepared so that we may conceive that the angels brought thither the food they found elsewhere prepared and why may we not believe it to have been so when the like happened to daniel for when the prophet abacuc daniel chapter fourteen had prepared the pottage for his reapers an angel of the lord took him by the hair of the head to daniel from judea to babylon that he might eat and then brought him back again let us then piously meditate and rejoice with our divine lord at his victorious dinner and with the blessed virgin who bore a part in his joy though distant from him for we may reasonably conjecture that the heavenly host who came to pay their homages to our divine saviour after his victories over satan finding him pressed with hunger went in his name to the blessed virgin his mother and brought from her the necessary food of her own preparing which they respectfully laid before him to eat and with what love honour and devotion may we not suppose they administered everything to him one presenting him bread another helping him to drink another obsequiously tendering to him the fish or other humble provision his blessed mother had dressed for him and all jointly entertaining him with heavenly music and divine canticles this done our divine lord dismisses them to their celestial habitation descends from the mountain and prepares to return to his blessed mother to console her and here again behold the lord of all things undertaking another laborious journey on foot and condole with him he came by the way of the jordan where john beholding him advancing forwards pointed him out with his finger crying out at the same time behold the lamb of god behold him who takes away the sins of the world john chapter one it is he it is he himself on whom i saw the holy ghost descending when i baptized him and again the next day seeing him walk by the side of the jordan he cried out a second time behold the lamb of god then andrew with another of john's disciples went after jesus and our divine lord anxious of their salvation to give them the greater confidence in him turned about to them and asked whom do you seek to which they returned where lord is your habitation he then took them with him to the little house he had retired to in those parts and they stayed with him the whole day after this andrew brought with him his brother peter whom jesus courteously received knowing well what he designed him to be he then told him that he should afterwards be called cephas or peter and thus they became acquainted and in some measure intimate afterwards jesus having a mind to go into galilee to his blessed mother 
he left those parts and set out on his journey when he returned home his holy parents were transported with inexpressible joy the sacred virgin ran to embrace him and receive him in her tender and immaculate arms to whom and to her venerable spouse the divine jesus reverently inclining returned his tender expressions of joy with mutual tenderness and remained with them as he used to do end of chapter sixteen